All right, Heather, sing me a song that makes you think of Psych 3, This Is Gus. A song that makes me think of Psych 3. Okay. Um, ooh. See, I can't remember the song they do. From Kurt Smith. So I'm going to go with. Um, hmm. I can't think. Of, oh, it's a. Uh, what is that other? Um, I'm just thinking of another Kurt Smith song. The. Find it kind of funny. I find it kind of sad. The dreams in which I'm dying are the best I ever had. Just because that's the only Kurt Smith song I can think of. I mean, I guess I'll give you a point since you sang a Kurt (laughs) Smith song. But you should have sang Previous Holiday. I know, and I couldn't remember that one. That's just absurd. Just absurd on your part. I mean, I at least had the right person, so. No, you could have sang that other song, The Disturbed it did a cover of. Uh, ah, fuck if I know, I don't remember. Are you sure it wasn't Mad World? Everybody does a cover of that. No, it wasn't Mad World. I know Mad World. No, it's <laughs> the, uh, their other big, 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 big song. Uh, like I said, fuck if I know. Whatever. Anyway, let's start the episode. Is it the rule the world song? I think I remembered it. Everybody wants to rule the world. Nope, not that one. Oh. No, it's a different song. Okay. My bad. Go ahead. I can't believe you interrupted the intro of the podcast for that. (laughs) I was going to forget if I didn't say it right then. My bad. But you interrupted the beginning of the podcast. Now I have to start it all over and go. Hey, Cinefans, and welcome back to another episode of the Cinema Slayers podcast. I'm Sterling, and as always, I'm joined by just Heather, no Justin, because Justin's all lame and still hasn't watched an episode of Psych, or he's watched just one episode of Psych, and therefore has no reason to watch the third Psych movie now, and he's just being an in-general lame-ass. Way to go, Justin. And I can say all that because he's never even going to listen to this episode. Because he's a double lame ass. I hope he gets nothing but stale rolls for the next month. (laughs) All the way till the end of the year. I hope all his holiday meals are plagued by stale rolls. Ooh, that's rough. 
Because there's some big holidays coming up. Yeah, because it's the two biggest like role related <laughs> yeah. holidays. Yeah, coming up, and rolls are the best. And I hope he gets nothing but stale rolls for being a triple lame ass. So, mm-hmm. anyway, uh, today we're going to talk about the movie Psych Three Lit, or this is Gus. I don't know why I want to say Let There Be Gus. That's a better <laughs> title, I think. Psych Three Let There Be Gus. That but would no. work, actually. We're going to be talking about Psych 3, This is Gus. We will talk about what we liked, didn't like, and everything in between. We will go spoiler-free recommendations and scores, and then into a more spoiler-centric section. We won't really just talk about Psych in general, because uh, we already did that. Go listen to the Psych 2, Lastly Come Home episode, if you want all that tidbit of stuff. So, uh, Heather, what are your spoiler-free thoughts about Psych 3, Let There Be Gustum? Um, yeah, I mean, I was looking forward to this because, again, huge fan of the show. Um, I thought the movies were decent enough. Um, and I was excited at the idea of this one being more centered around Gus. I thought that would make it more fun and everything. And it did. I do think it made it a little bit more fun than the previous movie. Um, not that I disliked the lassie come home but i don't know there's something about this one that i did enjoy a little bit more um it's it's fun i mean it's got the same it's nothing new or different really it's more of the same but when it's when it's their dynamic and it's their jokes and they're just kind of back and forth and all of that like that's fine i i'm never not on board for that and as of yet, I have not gotten tired of that dynamic, so I'm I'm totally down for more of it. So yeah, it was it was what I expected as far as you know the the humor and the silliness of it and the silliness of the story. Um, definitely not at all you know the greatest of the three movies or anything like that, and nothing special or new as far as you know things that they do with the storyline. Um, but you know, it, it did, it feel, it felt in line with what you would get watching the show. So, and for that, I'm fine with it, you know? So yeah, it was decent. It had, um, really, there were a lot of, I, well, I guess I'll say there were more moments in this movie that I actually like out loud laughed about than I did in the other movie before this one. So, yeah, it was it was decently funny. Um I I just really I like that it was a very casual feeling movie. Like you don't feel like they were trying to force anything. They weren't trying to necessarily force jokes to go in the movie. Like I feel like it just kind of naturally they were able to just kind of naturally make it work. Um I think that there were a little bit of things off about chemistry between some characters or getting less of dynamics of some characters maybe, but it, it didn't take away really from it being like a decent movie. And yeah, it, it was, it was nice to kind of see the core cast in this and it be more centered around them, uh, kind of having their own dynamics together again. So yeah, it was, it was fun. It was good. Um, there were moments that were 
better than other moments in it. But yeah, it was it was a good it was a more interesting storyline in my opinion than um actually probably the first two. The storyline is more interesting, but the movie's not necessarily the best, if that makes sense. And um I really did think it was funny the I, I like how they opened the movie with um a very Marvel esque opening <laughs> um introduction to the movie. I thought that was pretty funny. But yeah, um overall it was good. I, I think it has like that the humor that I love that they do and it's always better when, you know, you're you know the references that they're making. And I feel like in this movie they made a little bit more modern references and so I was able to enjoy those aspects of it. So yeah, it was it was fun. Nothing new or different really from what the other movies do, but it was still fun. I'm at a weird place with this movie just because, like I said on my TikTok whenever I did this one, I like. I think it's a little bit better than the second movie because I do think the second movie is a little bit too much like a long TV episode. And this one's a little better about not being that, but at the same time, it's still a little bit too much like a long TV show. Like, it's just better at not being completely that. And it's just whenever you see movies for TV shows, it's they, they can just suffer from being just long episodes. So then it becomes, you know, why are you doing a movie? And, you know, instead of like one and a half episodes or whatever. So it just is in a weird spot with some of that stuff. You know, the only time it really works is just being a long version of the episode is whenever you do those really like epic things with it. Like I think the first X-Files movie can kind of survive that because it really is just an hour and 45 minute long episode of the X-Files, but it's still bigger than most X-Files episodes at that time. You know, they have way more stuff in it and they benefit a little bit from having it like more of a movie budget for at least like what would be like, you know, a two episode series or whatever equivalent or something. And so they go super huge in that, you know, but it still very much fits in just like, you know, like I said, it's still feels kind of like a, just a super long, big episode. And these, you know, I know they can't just make episodes instead because, you know, the series is over. They're all off doing other TV series and all those things. But, you know, so they just come back and do these movies to kind of keep the story going and stuff like that. But, like, I don't know. I Maybe it's almost also because it feels like such a quick turnaround from the last one. I mean... yeah. They just had one in 2020, and now it's 2021. They're doing another. And it's just like, man, they are going super quick on these. And I don't know if I necessarily want that either. Maybe let it breathe a little bit and then come up, you know, come back with something bigger or something. I don't know. It's just a very weird spot. But at the same time, you know, like you were saying, like all the character dynamics are there. Everything's fun still. You know, it's still very familiar, but they're they're still pushing things forward, you know. So I don't necessarily hate that because, you know, that's the fun part about Psych. 
I do like that they have also yeah. for you know however you want to word it they have given up on him being a psychic like he uses it yeah, that is every true. once in a while and I know it's mainly because everybody in the show now knows that he's not but like they just get rid of all pretense to some of that stuff that's a good point yeah you know which is interesting though too because like kind of like what you're saying like it's not necessarily needed <laughs> for the show to still be good you know no you're right it's just kind of funny that they got rid of essentially they've gotten rid of the central like conceit of the show is that he's a fake psychic detective yeah and they just don't even really do that anymore except when he's trying to trick a couple of random people he'll be like oh i'm a tv psychic or i'm a psychic you know or whatever not a tv psychic he'll just say i'm a psychic or whatever but like that's really about it like i just think that's kind of funny that they've just abandoned the whole conceit of what the show was (laughs) yeah that's true but i mean it's not necessarily a bad thing because like you said it's not needed anymore i mean technically the only two people on the show or in the movies now that don't directly know would be woody and karen and it's Mm -hmm. not like karen doesn't know she does but as long as she acts like she doesn't know she can still hire sean as a psychic you know she just uses that as plausible deniability is all it really is that's true yeah but she's known she's always known she just like i said she lets the plausible deniability happen because it gets results and then woody is just woody so of course he barely also probably remembers sean's supposed to be a psychic because <laughs> he barely remembers anything but other than that everybody knows like even though lassiter also utilized the plausible deniability thing in the finale of the show he still uses spencer like in that way but he knows you know they've they've given up that conceit when they were helping him and stuff so it's just kind of mm-hmm. one of those things i just kind of think that's funny that that's gone now And on top yeah, of that, they didn't even true. like in the this the only real scene in this movie where they're like, "Oh, a psychic." He's like, "I'm a psychic." All he does is just regurgitate literally the things that that woman just said to him, and finds a box in a ceiling. Like, and that was kind of slightly yeah. a guess. He didn't even do his hyper observation, you know, deduction of her. He just says, I'm a psychic. Your mom that's a tree loves you. And, oh, here's a box. Right. Like, that's it. It is surprising that he didn't use it on the the main antagonist, because that would have been a good opportunity. Yeah. But then they, they get rid of that. And, you know, I just, I think that there were a few opportunities to still use that effectively in the in the movie and they mm-hmm. just didn't because and it also like i said could be that that aspect of the the show or whatever they don't feel is necessary anymore in the movies because 
it's long gone and everybody knows. Yep. But, I mean, I still, like I said, I still had a good time. You know, it was funny enough. They had some really good jokes that they could make now that they wouldn't have made like five or six years ago. You know, so Mm -hmm. I appreciated a lot of that stuff. And, you know, like, like I said, it's, it's, it's in a weird spot because it is straddling the line of this is a TV movie and TV show thing. And, but we're not a thing anymore type of stuff, but I still overall, you know, I still enjoyed it, had fun with it. So, and, and and part of it is because, I mean, this is made just for fans. You know, this isn't meant to be a movie anybody can just come watch. Well, I think anybody could because it's not like the plot stuff for Psych is that hard to understand. <laughs> right. The basic fundamentals are very simple. You know, so anybody could, but it's not it's not made to get a general audience. It's made just for people Band that watch service. it. Yeah. It's, it's made for, for all sure. these people that watch the show and like the show. So in those regards, it does very much work. So... And it, and if I'm not, well, maybe that's not true, but I feel like the first movie, I didn't know if they were necessarily making any other ones. I thought it was just like a kind of one-time movie thing. And then they decided to do a second one, I think primarily because they wanted uh, Lassie in it, and he wasn't really able to be in the first one that much. So I wonder, I feel like part of the reason they did the second one is kind of like a you know, tribute in a sense to Timothy Omenson, who had a stroke in real life. And so, you know, he was such a big part of the show. I feel like that's why they're like, no, we want to do a movie with him more in it now that he's more able um, to, you know, do that kind of thing. And I totally was on board for that too. Like they don't, for me, I feel like this show, because of the premise of it and the characters and how ridiculous they are, you don't really ever need a reason to do a psych movie you just do it because they're like you know what why not let's just do one and it always just kind of works though you know no that's a very good point like i do kind of think that the first movie was originally meant to be a one and done but then you know extenuating circumstances happened so they had to drastically change that in the middle of doing it and role writing it and all that stuff So they had to change all that, and then, you know, you had to move forward, and so then they wanted to do the second one, and then I think now they kind of just want to do them every once in a while just to have fun. (laughs) To hang out, yeah, pretty much. You know, like it gets enough watches and views, you know, and like I said, they don't probably need a crazy budget. They just give them the budget for like two or three episodes and go, here, go make a movie. Right. Yeah, it's it's one of those where also I don't really know any other show that had movies made after it where they did this many maybe or where fans still consistently wanted movies for it. You know what I mean? And and that's kind of cool because I think that's just some kind of thing about this show and the fans of it that yeah, it's for whatever reason it just still it can still work to do like an occasional movie and you're you're not really tired of it. I think you make a point about like this one I think did come on a little too fast on the heels from the other one. But 
doing, you know, every couple of years, if they want to do a random new movie for it, I don't really think anyone's going to, you know, be like, no, this story's played out because it might be, but they always kind of make it fresh even when they do the movies. So I just don't feel like I've ever seen another TV show that made movies for it after the fact and it still was super popular. Uh, super popular, I don't know, but like they used to do that with a lot of old TV shows. Um, like, cause, you know, like Brady Bunch had a couple of movies like 10, 20 years later or whatever it was. You know, they were just made for TV movies. I'm not talking about the Brady Bunch movies. I'm talking about, you know, it's oh, like, oh, okay, you're right. You know, and stuff like that. But, you know, that's also, it's just, you know, it was 10, 20 years later, that stuff. It wasn't like directly right after or anything like that. Uh, but I mean, it's not uncommon, but I think that this kind of works a little better because, you know, everybody's just kind of sticking around. It's not, you know, and they want to yeah. do this because a lot of shows also have been coming back for just many short bonus seasons. You know, like Will and Grace has done that. X-Files has done it. You know, where they're coming back for some of that stuff. Yeah. Where this, I think instead of doing that, because that is more time intensive, you know, to sit there and do another six or ten episodes of something. They can just sit there and, like I said, this is about a two or three episode type of thing. So, you know, they can spend a few weeks, knock it out, and move on. And that way, the cast still gets to have all the the fun they have with the show or when they had the show, but can just move on in their careers. You know, everyone in this show, like all the main characters and stuff are all on other stuff. You know, what Rode Rodriguez is on, what a million billion little tiny things or whatever the fuck that show's called. And <laughs> yeah, Dulé Hill's been in a few different things and most currently in the new adaptation of the wonder years. Uh, Maggie Lawson's been in a few different things. Uh, Even the guy that played Lassie, he's been in a bunch of things. He was in that show Gallivant. He was in uh, a season of supernatural. So he's in, this is us. Ironically. He was in, this is us. Yeah. He has kind of like a recurring guest star role as the neighbor of one of the families but yeah he he's on that show too so yeah you're right i think everybody is kind of doing their own thing and everybody's busy everybody has different things going on and that's why i think it's kind of cool that like yeah you do feel like they're doing this because they just love working together and they want to have fun it's like those the actors or the people that make movies just because they're like is it Adam Sandler, I think, that just is like, I make a bunch of dumb movies with my friends because I just want to have fun, right? It's kind of like that same mindset, I feel like. Because all of these people, too, like, they're super talented and they've proven that in other things they're in. Or at least most of them are. <laughs> but, you know, and it's not, so it's not like one of those where I'm grasping at straws because psych is the only thing that I ever had and I want to bring it back. You know, like they've all moved on and they've all proven that they can do other things and they're, yeah, they're, they're just having a good time because you just, you could tell that 
working on this show, they had some kind of bond that they made afterwards. And I mean, and I think even Maggie Lawson and Timothy Omenson are actually going to be, they actually just started a podcast where they kind of go through all the episodes or specific episodes even, and like talk through them and memories from them. Like you just feel like they really had a bond and really enjoyed kind of like their little show family that they created. Yeah. Cause I think they ended the show. Cause I think Maggie Lawson was going to leave. That's why she's barely in the last season. She had started doing that baseball TV show. Oh yeah. Lasted like a whole season. Or whatever the fuck it was, and like, but they were going to start losing people. It had been eight years. They were going to start losing people, so they just ended it. And in return, because everybody still liked it and everything like that, and like within the cast and stuff, that's why these movies work out. Because nobody wants, I mean, being on TV shows for that long, it can become like tiresome. You know, and so this allows them to grow and to do whatever and all this other stuff and keep their careers going, do different things and just kind of revisit these things that they did enjoy, but they just wanted to grow out of, you know, Mm -hmm. because this was one of Maggie Lawson's biggest things going into everything. I mean, with the exception of like Corbin Burnson and Dulé Hill, this was kind of the introduction to a lot of these people. You know. Yep. I mean, Timothy, what what's his last name? Olmanson? Olmanson, yep. Yeah. He he's been kind of a guy in the background of a lot of things. You know. Mm-hmm. He was even the villain in the Disney TV show Luck of the Irish. But this was his <laughs> yeah. first like well, maybe not his first, but this was one of the f- first times that I remembered that he was like a main character on the show. And not just a yeah. supporting random character. And like yeah. same with James Rodé Rodriguez. I hadn't seen him in much before this, you know. I don't think I had seen him in anything before this. Exactly. So like these were their vehicles to kind of grow and same with Maggie Lawson. You know, Dulé Hill, like it's been around for a while. I mean, he was Bud on the Cosby show. And he was on West <laughs> Wing and he had a career, but this also was kind of the first time he was a lead character also, you know? And so and his first time, I think doing like a comedy type of thing, really, you know? Yeah. And so like, it was that thing and, you know, they obviously all loved it and stuff like that, but you know, they wanted to continue on and do other stuff. And so I think at least this is a smart way of handling it because you ended the show your own way before you had to end it because you started hemorrhaging people and you know then people stop watching because that's always the the downfall of a lot of tv shows they start hemorrhaging cast members so they just say fuck it let's wrap it up because ratings have started dying and so you might get an ending you don't mm-hmm. want Or you get an ending where you don't get a lot of characters and stuff. You know, as much as The Office was like a a big show and all this other stuff, it had been hemorrhaging like its popularity when when Mike, uh, when Steve Carell left. It never really found its footing. 
after that. And so then they did That's just true. have to wrap it up and end it because they just were not the same show. And they couldn't they couldn't get to the point of where they wanted to get back to. You know, I think that's kind of what happened to Parks and Rec too, is they were about to get to that point. I think if Parks yeah. and Rec hadn't have ended then, they were going to start because they had started to lose people. You know, mm-hmm. you lost what's his name, uh, Rob Lowe, and oh, geez, what's her name? Rashida Jones. Yes, Rashida Jones. I don't know why I blinked on her name. Um, you lost both of those characters. <laughs> And the show was able to keep going because while those were big characters, they had enough of the other big people to make it work, mm-hmm. you know, but. And had them step up a little bit in their roles. Yeah. Like, it's, I feel like Donna became more primary in the later part of the show. Yeah. And I just feel like they were going to start to lose it, though. And so they mm-hmm. wrapped it up when they did. And so I think it's smart the way they did it. Cause like I said, there's, that's the reason why Maggie Lawson is not in the, the last season as much is because yeah. she was going to, she was, uh, had started doing that other show. So it made sense that they were able to do it this way. And then, you know, Maggie Lawson's show didn't really work out. And then she ended up doing a couple of Hallmark movies. Which I do and appreciate. Another show, yeah, <laughs> that didn't work out. Which is kind of sad because I do like Maggie Lawson. Yeah, she's good. But anyway, uh, recommendations and scores. Yeah, recommendations and score. All right, what you got? Yeah, I mean, of course, I'm going to recommend it. Um, But again, kind of like what you alluded to earlier, it's not really, if if you haven't really watched the show, um, it might be weird jumping into just watching this without seeing the show or kind of having a setup of what this is all about. And even the, the other movies, I mean, you might be able to jump into it without seeing the other movies, but at least having some kind of background about the show itself would be helpful. But in any case, I do think it's a fun watch. Um, yeah, it's a good time. It's it's an easy watch. It's an hour and a half. And it's got the the fun banter and the, the fun jokes and all of that that, you know, you you love from the show if you watch the show. So um, I, I do recommend it for people who are fans of the show and the other movies. And yeah, I, I do think it is better than the second movie um maybe right at the same amount as the first movie right now it's been a while since i've seen that one but it's probably about equal to the first movie and a little bit better than the second one so yeah i um i i would recommend it i will give this movie um i'm gonna give this movie i don't even remember what i gave the other ones but right now i'm feeling 83 bathroom brawls at a weird restaurant out of 100. Um, yeah, if you're a psych fan, which I don't know why in 
like why the hell you would be listening to this episode if you're not a uh, psych fan <laughs> it'd be very weird if you're not a psych fan and you're like oh let me listen to the psych three episode of this like yeah, all right you do it you would be a weird one to pick up on it's just weird yeah i mean they're maybe they're just a completionist who knows i mean i've listened yeah. to movie podcasts about movies i've never watched it, it so i don't know maybe <laughs> um if you're a psych fan yeah of course watch it i think i kind of feel if you are a psych fan you have watched it you know i don't know it'd be kind of weird also if you're like man i'm a huge psych fan you're like oh have you watched the third movie no i'll get around to it whenever (laughs) right you know it's not like it's that hard of a watch real quick on peacock so yeah um but no i mean I, i i do recommend it it's just you have to have that conceit of still very much a tv episode so uh, i'll give it a a 75 empanadas wrapped in a tortilla out of 100 <laughs> uh spoilers yep spoilers. um i did really like a lot of the jokes in this i thought some of them were very good uh, my favorite joke i think that they did was you know the the running gag where he he introduces Gus as a different name, and he introduces Gus as Gus Burton Rodriguez, and Gus goes Rodriguez, and he goes, "It's always been there." You yeah, know, which is just a nod <laughs> I did to laugh about that. James Roday Rodriguez. So how he yep. started, I, he, he I added the, that. Yeah, he added the Rodriguez back to his name because when he first started in Hollywood. He was afraid that would hurt him. And then over time, he's like, no, fuck that. It's my name. I'm going to be me. And so he added it back. And, you know, so I think that that's really kind of a great thing that they did that nod to that joke. Um, I really did enjoy that bathroom fight scene, too, that you talked about in your score. (laughs) I thought that was really fun because you don't really get to see them in an altercation that much like that typically it would be something as like Gus might have something and Sean wants to take it from him or vice versa which is kind of a lot of what that fight scene is but I think it was just a lot more intense than they typically are (laughs) and so I just I thought that was kind of funny especially the way they did it and like you know Sean's crawling on pipes on the ceiling to get away from him and stuff like that. And <laughs> at one point, you know, Sean takes a nail file to Gus's head and that sounds incredibly violent. I was violent, so hard. <laughs> it's just like a nail file board. And all he's doing is kind of lightly <laughs> scraping it on his head while, you know, Gus puts <laughs> lipstick on his face. I, I actually laughed so hard at that part. Like I did not expect to see him randomly just like filing <laughs> Gus's head. I thought that was funny. And then on top of that, he doesn't even try to really wash the lipstick off his face. He just kind of smears it on more and they go out to the table. Yeah, and where did he get a Band-Aid from, too, like, to do that for his forehead? It could have been in the purse. That's true. Yeah, I guess it could have been. I mean, there was a lot of shit in that purse. So. Yeah. But. Um. The reveal at the end with uh, the 
the ex being the bad guy murderer also, and he was going to murder Gus and them. I mean, I guess it works for this movie. I mean, I think that was, it, it was a little slow to tack that aspect on that, you know, they go the whole episode where the mystery was just to find out information. Then for it to become a killer, you know, and I know that they didn't have to do an investigation because mm. it was very just obvious as who did it. But, you know, it just felt a little weird for the end to just all of a sudden be like, oh, yeah, there's a killer, too. But, yep, I mean, it works out, you know, I liked seeing Gus act the way he did to stop, you know, the guy and stuff like that. But then I also thought it was kind of dumb that they just knock him out and then just go, eh, fuck it, we'll leave him here. Yeah, that was dumb. (laughs) You know, because obviously he then gets away because they don't even try to tie him up or, like, put something on him or anything. They just go, eh. Hopefully he just stays down for a few hours. Right. That was a little weird, but, you know, then it was kind of, you know, it was kind of a fun thing to see, you know, uh, Sean have to deliver Gus's child whilst also not being able to look (laughs) because he has to avert his eyes as Gus keeps saying. But, you know, and that's, that was a good dynamic with stuff. And one of the things I really appreciate this movie is earlier in the movie, uh, Sean and Juliet have a, a talk about, having kids and you know they're talking about not you know that being the thing is they're not going to have kids and and then you know sean tells his dad that and his dad's like no no you have to have kids that's what it's all about and all this other stuff which i kind of hate because i'm somebody that doesn't want kids i'm somebody that also can't have kids so you know that whole dynamic in shows where like no you have to have kids and all this other stuff I think is slightly invalidating. Some shows handle it better than others. I think Brooklyn nine, nine does a very good job of it not being something that you're supposed to do, you know, like to be validated yeah. as a person, you know? And I felt like this was going to slightly swerve into that territory. Um, based on what the dad was saying, but that's also the mindset of the generation, in which the dad comes from. So, and then they have the kid, uh, you know, at the end of the, the movie, and Sean delivers the kid. And I was very kind of worried at that point that they were going to do that trope that Hollywood and TV shows are just notorious for doing. That at that point, the, the seeing the miracle of childbirth and all this stuff changes everything for him. And like, oh, no, we have to have kids now. They want kids and all this other stuff. Mm-hmm. And I like the fact that they didn't go that route because Sean is also just a child and <laughs> yeah, he was just kind of grossed out by the whole thing and he hated every aspect of it. Yep. So like, it <laughs> just kind of brand for him. Yeah. And it just solidified the whole idea that he does not want kids. So I appreciated that yep. they did that. Yeah, I agree because yeah, it there's it's always it always ends with the whole like, you know what? Let's go ahead and have kids, 
you know, like it just, it, it always becomes the thing at the end, like after you've seen someone give birth or someone close to you gives birth and you see how happy they are, you're, yeah, it's, it's always the trope of, you know what, we should have kids, you know, and, and so I do like that they were still very true to their characters and, and even, even like Juliet's perspective too, where, you know, from the first or from the second movie, when they were basically both like, nope, not in that place. And it carried over into this where they're still not. And, but it's very Juliet to be like, you know, we did make that decision together, but it feels final. And it's just, I'm having a hard time with it. Like it, it was a very Juliet response, but also, you know, it, it just, it still worked because like, yeah, they, they didn't just change it because, and, and you still see that, like, she gets to have her moment with, like, being around a baby. And she still gets to have sort of that, like, baby situation in her life by becoming the godmother, you know? So I'm hoping that that's the route they were taking if they do future movies to where it's not like, okay, we decided we do want kids all of a sudden. And that they do make it like, oh, my God, my God, son, right? It was a son. Yeah. My godson. you know? So it was just kind of like, you don't really always see those characters in TV shows or movies that are very much like, no, we've decided we don't want them. Like, you really don't see that a lot in married couples on TV. So I appreciated that. Yeah, that was one of the things they did on the Big Bang Theory with Leonard and Penny is like, Oh, you know, they don't want kids. They don't want kids. They don't want kids. Oh, no, she's pregnant. Guess we're having kids. Right. You know, yep. so it just kind of, that's like the trap they always just go into. Either they surprise get pregnant or surprise change their mind. And so yep. it is nice to see that they are starting to validate in movies and TV shows that some people don't want kids and that's a perfectly acceptable lifestyle. Yeah. And it needs to be represented more because there's there are a lot of those people out there that are just kind of like, no, I'm good. Like kind of like what Sean said in the movie where he's like, you know, we both just really like where we're at in our lives. We're happy with how things are. And this is how we want to stay, you know. Yeah. And then part of it is because I'm incredibly selfish and I don't (laughs) I don't want to have to spend my money on kid shit. I want to spend my money on kid shit that I want. <laughs> so, I mean, it's Adult just one of those things. Stuff. Yeah. Well, it's also toys. I buy some toys. So I want to buy toys, but I want toys. I want not toys for some gross kid, <laughs> but I mean, it's just one of those things though, that, that they are slowly starting to have those types of characters and shows and I just do appreciate that because, like I said, that's where I'm at in my life. And also, like I said, I can't have kids anymore. So I appreciate that that's something that they are validating more and stuff like that. Because, like you said, there's, especially in our generation and younger, that is a vastly more common thing than it used to be. Mm-hmm. And... You know, I'm, I'm I'm glad just to see that that is something that is starting to show up in some of this stuff, and that they're not cheaping like, you know, they're not cheapening it by changing it just because 
you know, they have to go with that trope still. So I really appreciate it. That's where they went with this. Yeah, I agree. And, and it's, it, for Sean, it does make sense because, you know, like you said, he is just a huge child. So the idea of that is terrible to him. But also to the responsible adult of the relationship, Juliet, like she has things together. She's not a complete child and she still doesn't want them. And I respect that because <laughs> she's like, you know what? I have my career. I love my job. I love my husband. And that's good. I'm good with that. Yeah, I'm just surprised that they don't have an army of pugs because they've talked about that before of having an army of dogs and stuff. And they never did that in the show. I'm really just surprised to do that. Specifically, they mentioned an army of pugs that they want to grab their faces and put them in their mouths. Yes, that is true. And they definitely should have shown that somewhere because that image was great. Uh, what else was what, some of the stuff you, uh, the spoilers with this movie liked or didn't like or anything, just your spoilery thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I, something that I will say I was not a fan of with this is the, the random side story with Chief Vic and how they just really, they made it this like real moment for her of seemingly realization that she misses too much being with her family and she's away from them too much. And like, it seems like she's on the verge of about to say, you know what? I think I shouldn't do this anymore. Cause I miss my family. And then they really just don't do anything with that. Like it's, it's just like this realization of, Oh, yep. I'm missing out on hanging out with my family on vacation again. And then it just dies away. Like nothing else ever really comes from that except for that's just kind of the segue to get her into the story to help them solve this mystery that they're on to figure out Selene's past or where Sean and Gus are who are trying to figure out Selene's past. So it it was just a very unnecessary, like, random side story because they didn't do anything with it. Like, and that would have made sense for her character, like, she's always kind of been that person in the show. That's just like, I love my family and I really would love to have more time with them. And like, even when she got um, on suspension for what, six months or something like that. And she was excited about it. Cause she's like, you know what? That means I get to see my daughter more. And so it makes sense for her character that they would have done that aspect. But then they were just like, all right, well sucks for me. And then that was it. <laughs> Like, that's all they did. They did all this build up to it for no reason. You know what I mean? So that was, that was, that was unnecessary. And it was, yeah, it, it was kind of pointless in the, in the movie as a whole. Um, I also think that while I am glad that Lassie is, of course, in this movie and he has an epic beard in this, I really enjoy his beard and his facial hair in this one. <laughs> he looks very dapper, you know, like got the suit and the cane. They made it work. But um I I liked that he was in this movie. But I don't know, like his storyline ever since he has been in the movies, you know, because in the storyline in the show in the movies too, he had a stroke um after getting shot, you know, on the job. So 
um, you know, he's just, he's been so sad and felt so lost ever since then, basically, which is a really great character development thing for him because, you know, early Lassie was completely different. And I, I respect that. And I like that they're giving him this growth and everything, but at the same time, ugh, I miss sassy Lassie, <laughs> sassy Lassie's dynamic with Sean and Gus was just one of the best aspects of the show. So, you know, he's, he's a little bit less that guy. And, and I get why, you know, you need that character development and his random, like really good friendship with, um, Henry now. And I'm, I'm on board for that. Actually. I kind of like that. I just don't know where it came from necessarily, but I I like it. And it kind of makes sense because, you know, Henry was a former cop, you know, that it just, it, it makes sense. And I, I'm on board for that, but you know, I just, it, it, I just felt more sad for Lassie in this. And I really kind of wanted to be more like, I loved his, you know, snarkiness towards the guys. And, you know, it, it, I, I kind of missed that aspect of it, honestly. Um, and I will say that they usually do some really great cameos of people in their movies. And they didn't really have many this time. They kind of, you know, and I get that they, we're filming this clearly in the middle of the pandemic, but, um, you know, I just miss some of those really fun cameos that they always pull out. Um, but I did enjoy, um, I believe his name was Alan, uh, the Salonese supposed ex-husband. Um, his name is Alan Maldonado, Alan Maldonado, who plays Alan. He, I really liked him. I thought he was a really good villain because he's the type of villain that's so perfect for a show like this, where, you know, he's got his motive and he's got his reasons why he is the bad guy and doing what he's doing, but he's funny and he, he plays into the personalities and the dynamics of Sean and Gus when they're there and they're doing their ridiculous thing that they do. And he just plays into it and his his back and forth with them was really great. So I guess where I missed it from Lassie doing that with them, I got a little bit of that with this villain and, um, or this, this character. So it, I guess it kind of made up for it. So I did like him as sort of the, the main antagonist of the, of the movie. Um, and I'm glad that they got a little bit more Gus and Selene screen time because in the second movie, they don't really have, they don't really share a lot of screen time together and they don't really share a lot of it this time, but you at least get a little bit more of what their relationship looks like. And it's funny cause it's like, you know, they're super nerdy together and just really perfect together. And you kind of see a little bit more of their, you know, relationship in this one. And I always just thought it was weird though. Cause I'm like, you know, those two are actually married in real life. So they should have a lot more screen time where you get to see that like real chemistry. But, you know, it is proven in Hollywood that just because you are married and have real chemistry doesn't mean you have on screen chemistry. But I feel like they did. I just think that they didn't really get to showcase it too much. So, but, you know, it was an improvement. So I, I did appreciate that. Um, I liked the the Sean and Juliet dynamic in this. I know the first movie I feel like suffered a lot from not really having that same chemistry with them. 
and then it kind of picked back up in the second one and then this one i feel like it was pretty pretty on par with it and you are right it does feel like it's a to me this feels like it's a really good like two hour what they would consider like a two hour season premiere episode of a show of the show where they they set up a lot of really good things in it to where if they did do a season of it it would kind of make sense and it would be kind of cool because they they do set up little little storylines here and there that they could really dive into if they were doing a whole season so i do agree i think it was it did feel a little bit like it could have just been a long you know season premiere episode but yeah i i just think it it, it did fully, it, it, it did mostly work. Um, and yeah, I just, those were just a couple of things that stood out to me. And also, yeah, I think the, the do, the Dulé, not Dulé, um, Gus, the Gus, Burton Guster Rodriguez, that was really funny. And I liked the, uh, Winter Soldier thing that they did where they just stood there. <laughs> Like, they're like, hold on, do Winter Soldier as, like, the guards pass by. And they're just, like, standing there, and you hear, like, the music playing. That was really funny to me. I don't know why, but I loved that. And, um, yeah, just just the the whole, even the whole scene where they're doing the jokes about not knowing what the Peacock streaming service was. And talking about how, like, oh, we don't watch USA Network anymore. We haven't since 2014, which is when Psych went off the air. and you know, Gus is like, yeah, and then the last couple seasons of Suits, which he was on, like, I, it was just funny and kind of poking fun at themselves as well, and I I thought that was really kind of funny, so, so yeah, I think they did have some really good running gags in this one, and, um, yeah, I think, uh, yeah, I, I just, I really, as a whole, it still just worked, but it did feel, it did feel to me like it was more of a premiere episode of a season than it was a movie but it wasn't that wasn't a bad thing in my opinion um because that's what i enjoyed about the show because it also kind of gives that feel that something more is coming like the way that they did everything and even how things ended you feel like okay maybe something more is coming that means maybe we're getting more of this eventually and i'm on board for that so yeah Yeah, and going back to what you were talking about with Chief Vic, uh, I do agree that that storyline was weird because, she, you know, it's all like, I haven't seen my family in like a long time. We haven't really got to spend a lot of time together. So I'm really excited to take this vacation and all this other stuff. But then she couldn't because of the whole Woody thing. And so she missed one day. And then her, I, that's what I was confused about. It was like her family went on vacation without her and she was just going to meet him the next day. But then the next day, you find out her family stayed and she went on vacation by herself yeah and then she's like man i really miss my family and all this other stuff and they're like yeah we're trying to figure this out and she goes yeah i need something i can solve so i'm gonna just instead of go spend time with my family or stay out in the woods to clear my head to be in the right mental space or whatever she goes i'm just gonna keep doing the same shit that caused me to miss time with my family anyway all <laughs> right. right yep I'm just like, what, that what makes is sense. the point of that plan? Like, mm-hmm. It really felt like they just needed some dumb reason to have her randomly in the woods by herself. Yeah. 
basically that's that's exactly what it had to have been because otherwise it doesn't make any sense for anything else to happen with her in the movie yeah i mean which i feel like you could have just had it be like something they've done in one of the like the other episodes where it's like you know she just kind of misses being in the field so that's why she joins us on it it's like she's tired of the bureaucracy and the paperwork and just all that stuff she wants to be in the action again you know yeah which is or like when she when she had like the road trip with or when she did the like bachelorette party for lassie and when lassie got married and there was just the girls and it could have just been like you know what if you girls are going to solve something i want to go with you i just need to get out of here you know something like that even or just like with all that just we're friends so i'm gonna help you out like yeah that's also not a crazy thing enough you know, I just don't understand why they overly complicated that whole situation and <laughs> in a weird way. Um, and I do get what you're saying about Lassie and all this other stuff. It's just so hard when, you know, dealing with the stuff that he's had to deal with to like really kind of get back into some of that. And I like that they had yeah. a little bit of it when he's like, if you don't show up tomorrow, you're dead to me, Spencer. You know, <laughs> yeah, and it's like you yeah. got little bits of that. And I felt like you actually got more of it. Uh, with Lassie's daughter and and Henry when they were sitting there and stuff and uh, Lassie's daughter would come and say the things she would. I feel like you got some more of that aspect of what mm-hmm. used to be the sassy Lassie is now the sassy Lassie daughter. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, I, that's true. You got little bits of it, but I do get what you're saying that because if you go and you just watch the show like that's such like that's one of the most interesting and driving dynamics in the show outside of like Sean and Gus. It's the Sean and Gus yeah. versus Lassiter dynamic, mm-hmm. you know? And, yeah. And because yeah, go ahead. That one has also the most interesting growth in the show, you know, where they hate each other, like they hate each other, but they also respect each other so much. But while Sean will joke about it, Lassie will just downright, ignore or disagree or fight <laughs> that he does respect yep. spencer mm-hmm. you know he'll he just never, doesn't want to admit that he yeah, does he yeah. won't do it openly but you yep. know and like that's and that's also part of the dynamic and stuff that makes it fun and then so when you lose that i get what you're saying like it it just makes you want it more especially because in, in an unfortunate way, it also makes you realize you're probably never going to get it again. Unfortunately. Yeah, yeah for sure. Because he, yeah, and he was just so good with that. And yeah, it, and, and it's rightfully so. Like, I completely understand why he's not that character anymore. But yeah, it is. It's just like, oh, I miss that. And then, you know, it just, it just makes you also remember just how, how great of a comedic, you know, fun character he was you know um i mean and there yeah there are those moments like you said where you can tell there's that mutual respect even though they would not like at least lassie would never want to admit it but there's there's a couple of seasons in there it's like a real sweet spot with the (laughs) dynamic of the sean and gus versus lassie where he clearly is just like you guys are annoying and i hate you but at the same time he starts to kind of really like play, not play along, but just kind of 
is kind of used to it and kind of goes along with their craziness. And that's always a really fun time. Like when he, he has them help him, them help him figure out like why his apartment is haunted. And like where he's like, I could never ask anybody else this, but you guys are crazy enough that I feel like I can ask you. And, you know, just where, you know, Sean will do his jokes and then you'll see Lassie kind of be like, Oh, okay. You know, like just kind of playing along and, I, I loved that when it got to that point in the relationship between those characters, because it was just so fun. Cause you're still getting sassiness, but you're also getting the, like, he's totally on board with them. Like he, he totally, he is on board for who they are, even though he, he's just kind of like the brother that, you know, wants to pick on them or vice versa. You know, it's just like the family that wants to pick on each other because, you know, there's the love and respect, but you're family, so I have to pick on you, you know. Oh, yeah. I agree with that. But, um, oh, yeah, that, that was, uh, with this one, too, one of, the, one of the things I thought was a very sneaky callback was in the restaurant when they had the Quesos Cuatros Fritos. They have their own version of that. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. And I thought that that was like a sneaky good little callback to, you know, what it is. And like just the show in general. I did also miss them like they're always eating in the show and you don't get to see that as much in this either that that was always funny like what random stuff are they going to eat and like they have to stop every like half hour to eat again yeah and i mean they did do some of that with this you know but like i did think it was funny that like you know gus is just so wrapped up in those things that they start like fighting about it and Lassie just keeps saying all this random bullshit they're saying because they're fighting with each other about whether or not oh at the beginning yeah right whether or not the restaurant serves empanadas uh wrapped (laughs) in a burrito yeah that's true i did forget about that part so they do still talk about food a lot and that that makes sense like that I did forget about that part, but yeah, it's that's just always like been so funny in the show too, where they're just like really intensely in a case and like getting a lot of information, and then they're just like, "Listen, we need to stop for food." <laughs> yeah, and I'm just surprised some of those things didn't come up, like when they were doing all the stuff and tracking stuff down, and like when Gus would be getting grumpy or something, you know, Sean saying something about him being grumpy. And he's like, no, Sean, I haven't eaten in 30 minutes. My blood mm-hmm. sugar is low. Right. Yeah. I know. He always would do that. Um, yeah. And I, I am also really bummed out that they didn't have more Woody in it. Yeah. But I think, and you can tell that a lot of this movie was shot during covid and through that whole process that they were really limiting how many people would actually be on the set and stuff like that 
because they did a lot of stuff mm-hmm. through Zoom and FaceTime with some of your like just ancillary characters like Woody and Kurt Smith and the uh, the priest and stuff like that. What Father Woodley or Weatherly or something like that? Father or something? Father Wesley. Wesley, that's it. I was close enough. Um, you know, so they had those aspects of which that's fun. You know, the, I like that some of those characters were still able to show up. They just kind of had to, you know, still do the distance and the protocols and all that stuff. Uh, one of the things that I think is very underrated about this is they call back to something that I really like about the character of Gus. And it goes back to, there's an episode, I want to say it's in season six, where they do the, uh, they have to go to a police academy, which also has Ralph Macchio as the police academy instructor. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, they, you know, of course, they're making police academy jokes, and they're talking about, you know, the ability to, you know, all the things that you have to do in a police academy, like make gun sounds with your mouth. And at the beginning of the episode, Gus makes this noise with his mouth and he's like that's a machine gun and everybody's like no no <laughs> yeah. it is not because it's just nowhere near it and then by the end of the episode he does it on a microphone and it's like pitch perfect and it just sounds <laughs> yes. just like a machine gun and sean's like what was that and he's like i've been practicing and he's like good job gus and they do a callback to that type of thing in this episode where or in this uh, movie where gus is a terrible ventriloquist at one point when he's trying to be a ventriloquist as in just <laughs> yeah completely using his mouth the whole time and then by the end of the episode he's just perfect ventriloquist and they're like he's like how did you do that and he's like i've been practicing and then if you really think about it when did he practice they've literally just been together and on this case the whole time <laughs> right but it's just like that callback to like a little trope that they have with Gus that if he's bad at something at one point, he'll quote unquote practice and just become great at it randomly. And you're also yep. just like, when did you have time to do it? But it just kind of works. Like I said, it's they, they call back to it a few times and stuff. And it's just a fun little uh, callback to the show that I noticed that I really appreciated. And it's partially the one reason why I noticed is just leading up to this. I'd watched a few episodes of Psych, and that was one of the ones I had seen. So that <laughs> yeah. also helped it be like fresh on my mind that that is something that they've done a couple of times with Gus in the show. And I appreciate that they did that again in this very much in the exact same way. That is true. Yeah. And it's a very Gus thing to do. And like, cause even, you know, the, the roller derby episode where he's just studying and studying and studying and all that, like, he's just very much like a learner in a sense where he's just like, I got to learn the stuff so that I can get it right. You know, he's, he's almost in a sense, like a perfectionist with stuff. So it was, it was very on brand for him. And yeah, I, I thought that was funny. I didn't even think about that, like kind of, I guess, uh, recurring thing that they would do with him but yeah you're right that that is funny because he he's definitely done that and there's a probably a handful of other ones where he's done that too but yeah the police academy one is the most like the most hilarious one it's michael winslow it was driving me nuts because i could not remember 
the guy that plays uh, the character in Police Academy that can do that. And Michael Winslow can just do that in real life. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yes, it's they're referencing Michael Winslow with all that stuff. Yeah. Um. Do you have any more thoughts about Psych 3? This is Gus. Um, there was something else I was going to say about it. Um, I guess like there was this whole, like a big part of the story was that Gus wanted to get married to Selene before the baby was born. Like he wanted them to be married so that the baby wasn't born out of wedlock. And the whole journey is to find this ex-husband so that he will divorce her. Um, and, but I guess, do they ever really clarify if Selene knows that it wasn't real? They did. Does she know that? Or no, was she that didn't know that. that. Okay. They, she didn't know that. At least that was my okay. interpretation of everything that was happening is she thought it was real. Yeah. But I mean, even at the end there, like, cause they, I feel like that would have been something kind of funny to bring up. Like, you know, if he was like, you're not actually even married to him. And then like her getting upset and trying to like hit him over the head or something like that kind of would have been a funny dynamic, I think. But yeah, I don't even think they said that while she was there in the room with them. And I thought that was interesting that they didn't bring that specific point up. Um, I think that it did. I, I feel like the the movie ended a little abruptly and it could just be because I was expecting like a, you know, the, the climax of the story happened and then you get this little like brief moment of, you know, back to normal and then it just ended. But I guess I expected there to be a little bit of like a, an after the fact scene because they do that a lot of times in movies. So I guess I expected that. It just felt like it ended abruptly, but, um, but yeah, so it, and, and not, not, not including the the very end credits scene, but you know, just in general, the story with everybody with the whole cast in it. Um, but yeah, I just yeah, no, I was just I was just curious about that because I feel like they they could have I I feel like they could have even if it was something like wrapping up something about Chief Vic's story or something at the end there or going back to they're hanging out with lassie and and henry and just kind of you know some kind of funny joking around a little bit i guess i expected that and they didn't do it but um that it's it's more just like a preference again than it is a complaint i just feel like that would have been like a a fun little way to wrap it up especially because you have more um mobile more mobile lassie than you've had before right and you don't really even get a juliet and lassiter dynamic in this one which kind of is a bummer too but yeah yeah that was weird that they didn't have any scenes with juliet and lassiter at all in this episode or right see it keeps saying episode see that's the problem uh <laughs> in this in this movie because like that's you know the only time you see Lassie in the second or the first movie is his dynamic with Juliet, them having a conversation. Mm-hmm. He's not in anything else in that episode or that movie. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so it is kind of weird that 
they do that, especially even in the second one. It's very much, they have, like, a lot of them uh, movie is their dynamic. So, yeah, mm-hmm. you're right. It is kind of weird that they just have nothing to do with each other at all in this uh, particular movie. Yeah. So, hopefully, they will do another one and do that because they missed it completely in this one. Well, the little end credit sequence kind of tees it up, so hopefully there will be a psych for this is baby Gus or whatever the fuck it is. <laughs> Anything else? Um, no, that's it for me. All right. Well, thank everybody for listening to this special little bonus episode of the Cinema Slayers podcast. Check us out on the internet at www.cinemaslayers.com or Facebook where we're cinema underscores uh, where we're cinema slayers podcast and Twitter and Instagram where we're cinema underscore slayers or TikTok where we're cinema slayers pod um, give us a five star rating and review we'd really appreciate that check us out uh, or shout out to sh- uh, Plug Migo and Mundo Cho for our theme song and logos respectively Tell your family, tell your friends, tell your friends' family, tell your family's friends, especially tear those dear sweet mothers, because you know what mothers love? Dulé Hill and, uh, oh God, why did I just now blank on his name? <laughs> What's Rodé's first name? James. Yeah, James Rodé Rodriguez. I don't know <laughs> what the fuck is going on with me. Um, and then just as always, just remember as I end the TikToks and as I end every episode, just remember, according to Justin, Moon Knight is the best picture winner. Cinema Slayers. Also, now we forget to mention. Go ahead. What did we forget to mention? I forgot to mention how weird the music video at the very end of the movie was. (laughs) Oh, yeah. No, that is very weird. But you just mentioned it. So there you go. Yeah. Unnecessary. Like, they could have used that entire time to make another, like, final scene of the movie instead of a weird music video. Oh, I get it. But like, uh, well, I, I forgot to, I, I think I forgot to hit the spoilers button. Oh. And if you're listening to right. this now, I will have edited it in any way. So... <laughs> That doesn't matter, but I think, like, I'm, like, looking back on it, I'm like, did I hit the spoilers button? I don't remember hitting that. So, I don't know. We'll find out when I edit this. Like I said, nobody's (laughs) going to notice because I'll throw it in there. But then I'll probably still keep this part of the conversation just because I'm not going to, like, delete all this just because I added it. But, eh, we'll find out. And no one will know if I did or didn't, though. We'll just blame Justin. It was Justin. Fuck him and his lame ass. All right, I'm out.